2: Hello all of you beautiful people, Jules here for WhatCulture.com, and this is the thing, we play video games for escapism, to make sure that the real world seems a little less dark, by going off on fantastical quests and slaying magical monsters, but even then, video game logic really does only extend so far, and these games, well they push the bloody limit. So with this in mind, I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 things that make no sense about your favourite titles. Number 10. Characters get bitten with no consequences. Resident Evil. It's simply inevitable that Resident Evil players are going to end up having their necks snacked upon by the undead hordes at one point or another. Yet how come this never actually results in the effect of protagonists becoming zombies themselves? Well, the obvious answer, of course, is that this is Resident Evil, and it's subject to a degree of ludo-narrative dissonance, that is, the disconnect between the story and the gameplay, such that any time the player is bitten by a zombie, that actually isn't canon to the overall events of the franchise. Beyond the few story beats where a character does get infected, such as Jill in Resident Evil 3, any moments where you are feasted on by a zombie is disconnected from the canonical events of the games. And you know what, if you take away the whole zombie aspect, it's not really that much different to characters getting shot repeatedly in, say, Call of Duty and inexplicably auto-healing with no lasting side effects. Basically, it's game logic, but it still don't make no sense. Number 9. The Prequels Having Better Technology Metal Gear Solid 5: The Phantom Pain Perhaps the single biggest issue with prequels across media is how they often end up introducing technology and weapons that are so much more superior to what appeared in previous but chronologically later entries in the series. There's no more head-scratching example than in Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, which introduces players to a bipedal nuclear-armed tank shown to be faster, stronger and more powerful than either Metal Gear Rex or Metal Gear Ray from the first two games, both of which take place more than two decades later. Now, if we're being completely fair to Hideo Kojima here, this device does have a supernatural leg up given that it was activated by the psychic powers of Psycho Mantis, and has had a few design issues of its own, such as a cockpit that only a child could sit in in. But the real answer, of course, is that even prequels need to wow players with something bigger and better, no matter that it ends up making the future tech seem modest and unambitious by comparison. 8. Batman Definitely Kills People – The Batman Arkham Series As wonderful as the Batman Arkham games mostly are, they also underline the difficulty of giving a sprawling open world to a superhero governed by one rule above all others, that being, don't kill anyone. Though the Dark Knight's no-kill policy is active throughout all four major Arkham games, its implementation has been inconsistent at best, with players capable of performing violent actions that were only dubiously dubbed non-lethal. Even if you give the game the benefit of the doubt that Batman's shot gloves absolutely positively don't give any of his targets heart attacks, the fact that the Arkham Knight literally allows you to use the Batmobile to run people down and annihilate other cars on the road makes it almost impossible to believe that he doesn't cause any deaths. Granted, Batman's no-kill rule has been pretty, well, iffy across most of all media, but in the art form where the player themselves are in control of the action, it feels more tenuous and ridiculous than ever. 7. Sephiroth Can Repeatedly Cast Supernova Final Fantasy VII While battling Final Fantasy VII's final boss, Safer Sephiroth, players will sooner or later get hit with his devastating Supernova Summon, which rubs salt in the wound by forcing you to sit through a two-minute animation of the attack taking place. The hilariously grandiose animation shows a comet destroying most of the planets in the solar system before smashing into Cloud and his party. But even if you can accept your party's ability to withstand this type of damage, how exactly is Sephiroth able to pull supernovas out of his ass like they're absolutely nothing? Given the devastating, universe-altering nature of the attack, how is he able to repeat this move at all? The most commonly cited fan theory is that Supernova and other apocalyptic summons are basically illusions which the player's party perceives to be real, and because their brain believes them to be real, they're also physically affected by it. Well, the real answer, of course, is that the director Yoshinori Kitase thought that it was a bomb-ass animation and knew that fans wouldn't even raise an eyebrow at it. Number 6. Elevators have bottomless pits below them Dark Souls. There's a firm argument to be made that the fine folks at from Software are pure sadists, given the medieval ringer that they put players through in any of their souls-born securoborny souls-blooded t- t- games. But perhaps there's no better example of FromSoft's maddening design philosophy than the architecture of Dark Souls' elevators, which for reasons unknown all contain bottomless pits below them. Though Dark Souls is of course far divorced from our own tangible reality, it's a baffling enough affectation to make you wonder who, within the context of the game world itself, would be enough of an asshole to put a bottomless floor below an already precarious levitation elevator. It may simply be nothing more than bizarro design solutions intended to prevent players from falling below the elevator and getting stuck, but that doesn't make it seem any less of a dick move from, from software's part.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with MasterClass. With MasterClass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by the Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love.
2: Number 5. Double Jump Defies the Laws of Physics Basically Every Platformer Ever
1: action, and
2: especially platform games, routinely employ the double jump feature, enough so that a game might actually feel a bit off if it doesn't include it. The double jump is, of course, exactly what it sounds like, allowing players to perform an additional jump at the crest of their original jump to travel higher into the air. But even for the physics-bending standards of most platformers, this makes no sense whatsoever, because there's no pliable surface for the characters to launch themselves off of in order to achieve a second launch into the air, and yet it is the cornerstone of traversal in many your favourite platformers, which may otherwise adhere to a pretty consistent, if at least heightened set of internal physics rules. But considering how bloody awesome double jumps almost always feel, this is one nonsensical flourish that most players are all too happy to accept. Number 4. The Protagonist is a physical specimen who, um, well, can't swim most Rockstar games. Though a relatively common fallacy amongst video game protagonists, Rockstar games more than any other company have always presented players with protagonists capable of performing impressive physical feats and carrying enough weapons to arm a small militia, yet who will drown if they dip more than a pinky in the nearby creek. While the more recent Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption games have granted players the ability to swim, in earlier iterations it was simply comical that despite the sheer number of vehicles and weapons the protagonist could operate, they were felled by something as simple as never having learned to swim. Despite not being much of an issue in Rockstar games anymore, the devs nevertheless decided to have a little fun with this in Red Dead Redemption 2, because while main protagonist Arthur Morgan can indeed swim, secondary protagonist John Marston will still drown just as he did in the original game. Seeing as this is a prequel on all. Number three Nathan Drake is a charming mass murderer. Uncharted. Naughty Dog's Uncharted franchise is the epitome of Hollywood-inspired cinematic action-adventure gaming, casting players as the charming treasure hunter Nathan Drake who also, um, how do I put this, oh yeah, moonlights as a mass murderer. The grand contradiction of the Uncharted series has been fiercely debated over the years, that despite this seemingly plucky, light-hearted tone of the narratives, the gameplay is often aggressively violent, with players encouraged if not forced to slaughter hundreds of goons in their pursuit of loot. This is perhaps the distillation of the ludo narrative dissonance in video games, enough so that Naughty Dog themselves even included an eponymously named trophy in Uncharted 4 for players who killed 1,000 enemies throughout the campaign. Though the later games in the series have certainly de-emphasised exhausting shootouts in favour of exploration and traversal, it does make you wonder if Nate chose to remove his murderous past when retelling these tales to his daughter Cassie in Uncharted 4's epilogue. Most players are able to compartmentalise this disparity between narrative and gameplay because the Uncharted games are just so well Crafted, even if it is undeniably strange from the perspectives of mood and tone. Number two, Mario can breathe in space, but um, not underwater? Super Mario. It's firmly established throughout the Mario series that the inimitable plumber cannot breathe underwater, so how exactly is he able to breathe freely in the vacuum of space in the Super Mario Galaxy games? There's obviously no watertight answer for this beyond Nintendo logic, though some of the more amusingly fanciful explanations include space in the Mario games being different to space in our real world, and that Mario might have a fungus in his moustache which supplies him with oxygen. I am not kidding. Granted, this bothers precisely nobody, but But it's still an odd inconsistency, especially as in older Mario games such as Super Mario Land 2, he did seemingly need a spacesuit in order to survive. Huh? Then again, there's the fair point to be made that if you're fixating on this in a Mario game, you are definitely looking at all the wrong things. And number one, Sims can't climb out of the pool without a ladder. The Sims 1 and 2. Though The Sims franchise is concerned primarily with granting wish fulfilment to players who want to live in a massive house, it can also enable their darkest desires. Practically anyone who's played one of The Sims games will have indulged in less than wholesome side activities at one point or another, taking it upon themselves to toy with and perhaps even murder a bothersome sim. Now, you could easily achieve this by simply removing the fire extinguisher and just leaving them to their own devices while cooking, which sooner or later will lead to a house fire and their demise. Or, in the first two games, you could get a little bit more creative by getting your Sims in the swimming pool and then just deleting the ladder. Eventually, the Sim will drown through their apparent inability to escape, despite any able bodied human and Sim surely being able to just climb out of the side of the pool regardless. Between the murderous potential and the sheer silliness of a Sim being unable to save their own life, Maxis removed the ladder murder functionality from The Sims 3 onwards, though players committed to drowning them can still do so by placing balls around the pool. But in that case, their failure to save themselves is a little easier to understand.